Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. Welcome back to another episode of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, as you know, we talk to the brand leaders about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with David Perkovec, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Ideal Image. They are a direct-to-consumer telehealth brand uh, with a mission to help people look and feel their best through laser hair removal, body sculpting, Botox, and anti-aging services, among others. I think I could use a few of those. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today, David. Great to be here, Mark. Um, first off, we always like to get a little information about uh, you, what you do, and, uh, and also maybe a, a fun fact about you, something you, you like to do. Sure thing. Uh, well, I'm from the Midwest. Um, I went to school there. I've been a serial entrepreneur for the last 20 years, working with private equity firms, and I'm right now I'm an ideal image as a big investor and the and the CEO, and you know, working on the brand transformation that you talked about. Uh, in terms of fun facts, I'm a big road biker. I like to helicopter ski, kind of an adventure adrenaline guy. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, so um, just like to have fun and uh, work hard. Uh, road bike, as you mean in uh, riding or cycling or motorcycle? Ah, road bike, uh, just uh, regular, no motor on it. Just uh, right. I like to climb mountains and uh, and uh, just go, go on long rides. That is awesome. And for those who uh, are not familiar with Ideal Image, can you give us a little background on Ideal Image and everything that, that they do? I kind of talked about a little bit in the intro. We'd love to learn more about what you guys do and how you do it. Yeah, look, the company's 20 years old. It started as a laser hair removal business. Uh, it was founded by two uh, docs uh, 20 years ago. And today we're the number one aesthetic brand in North America. We've got about 150 locations uh, around the United States and Canada. And as you mentioned, I mean, we're really the leader from everything from laser hair removal to anti-aging services, um, Botox, fat reduction, but everything that makes people, you know, look and feel good. Uh, a quick follow-up question of that. Uh, going through COVID, uh, you know, some people took COVID as a, an opportunity to get healthy. Some people kind of unfortunately went the other way, and we've seen the kind of, uh, you know, BC rise a little bit uh, uh, in going through the last year, and not everyone's into, you know, extreme sports or, you know, biking like uh, you, and I, I'm a big weightlifter, and I love to, to run as well, so try to do the best I can. Uh, what have you seen during that time? Have people been doing more kind of health treatments to make themselves look and feel better? Are there different kind of behaviors that you've seen during COVID? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, um, I, like we've been really fortunate coming out of uh, since June of last year, we've seen our business grow 15, 20, 25 percent a month, month on month and has really uh, taken off. I mean, we already were growing double digits. Our, it's interesting, you know, we've seen what we call the Zoom effect out there where people we just talked to 5000 consumers. I mean, about half the country doesn't really feel that great right now about how they look when they see themselves on Zoom every day. We're seeing a big in, increase, 70, 80% increase in our fat reduction business right now. Uh, we're seeing some shifts, you know, post COVID here. And I think people, you know, a lot of the country did gain weight and a lot of people didn't. And, and I think the folks um, that did are looking to get back to where they were and, uh, and it's helping our business right now. Well, that's good. There's uh, obviously a lot of extra money uh, floating around in uh, the economy now. Uh, things uh, starting to pick up nice growth numbers last uh, Tuesday. So that, that's good. That's good. When, when someone has uh, kind of a fat reduction or, or a product uh, like that, do you see kind of changes in the behavior uh, or do you see them that, 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 that that's a kind of easier way for them to get to where they want and then they can maintain that? Uh, what do you see in that regard? I'm, I'm always fascinated by 
behavior economics and uh, you know just behavioral psychology, just how that works with, with your audience. Yeah, I think that people really are. I mean, all of us, you know, a lot of us have uh, New Year's resolutions and all kinds of things, you know, in our life. But, um, you know, one thing we've done in the fat reduction business is just help people get enough cycles, you know, at bats to get the fat, you know, away. And uh, we launched a lifetime guarantee where if, once you have your first round of uh, treatments, if you want to come back for more and have maintenance, uh, you can do that. And so we see a lot of people continue with maintenance. And, you know, for us, what's next is, you know, fat is fat and weight management is probably the number one aesthetic concern in the United States. And whether that's from food to non-invasive procedures. And so I think you'll, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of people interested through supplements, exercise, you know, you know, broadly beyond just treatments to, to want to get into better shape and, and feel good about their body composition. Yeah, it's interesting. We have a membership community, about 120 different brands, GNC and Vitamin Shop for both members. Right. So it's always interesting to hear with them. Uh, when we talk with them about what they're doing, what they're seeing, this kind of supplements and how things are, are, are growing there. So I think there, as you mentioned, is a dichotomy of those who are you know, probably more focused on health and wellness and then probably some that may be struggling a little bit. So it's good that you offer them some opportunity to uh, enhance and address you know, the challenges. That's great. Absolutely. So you just launched a, a membership package at Ideal Image. Can you tell us a little bit about what's involved in that membership package and kind of what that does uh, for you and, and for the customer? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, our mission here has been aesthetics largely has been, um, I would say, the purview of uh, the corner of Park Avenue and Rodeo Drive. And, and so one of the category, you know, our opportunity has been to really open it up uh, to everybody. Uh, and so we're seeing like, you know, 10 women who want to use aesthetics for everyone that's using it. And so we saw one of the ways to open up the market was starting a membership. And I just wanted it to be the most affordable, you know, consumer friendly thing out there. And so it's pretty cool. I mean, we call it our lifetime guarantee membership. It's super simple. For $250 a year, um, you get a free treatment worth at least that amount. So people can sample from laser hair removal or muscle building or fat reduction or anything. Um, we're going to give them our best prices. And so people, um, we get you VIP pricing. So someone who's a Botox user can get Botox for $8.90 a unit. That might not mean anything to you, but most people would pay $15 or $20. You know? So we're, we're giving people really affordable rates without making a big financial commitment. You know, so for $250, you know, their, their money good, you know, from day one with the treatments that they get for free, and then they get our best pricing. And so far, like 40% of our customers are buying it. We've got over 20,000 members in the first three months. Uh, it, it's really been very, very successful. Okay. Well, it's also, there, there's a big push right now for subscription businesses, premium loyalty programs, because it really allows you, as you know, to kind of attract and retain some of the most loyal customers you have, the engaged customers, and, and they're raising their hand and that, that allows some uh, for some deep reciprocity, as you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think what we're finding here, we, we, we wanted people to pick the level of commitment they wanted to make. So we picked a number at $250 a year, not even you know, a, a monthly charge, and then let them pick and choose when, when they want to engage with the brand. And that was some pretty interesting insight relative to other memberships that are out there. Okay. And how long has the program been around and, and, and have you made some changes to it recently? We just launched, it was two years in the making. Um, you know, I came three years ago. We really studied hard how to do something, you know, transformational. Two years in the making, just launched in January. Um, and so we're, um, you know, we're, like I said, we're selling, you know, four out of every 10 people are getting it with their aesthetic package. 
we'll be launching here, you know, momentarily a medical grade skincare line. And so we'll be adding other features to membership to let you buy skincare um, cheaper than you can get on Amazon or in any doctor's office. And we'll just continue to invest to make our best prices come from membership, you know, as we continue to evolve, uh, you know, the brand here. Okay, that's awesome. When you, when you look at uh, some of the products that you're offering, is there uh, a good deal of regulatory control uh, or kind of maintenance that you have to kind of adhere to, especially as you, you add you know, skincare offerings and others? Is, are you a highly regulated uh, entity? Yeah, I mean, we're a healthcare business at the other day. I mean, we're doing, you know, we've done 20 million FDA treatments, you know, in our company's history, and we'll do almost a million new treatments this year. So first and foremost with healthcare. So everything's about safety. FDA clearance, everything's done with a medical professional, doctor, nurse, that kind of thing. So everything we do is, is regulated. Um, and for the most part, we're using, uh, we're, we're, we're using other people's products that we're delivering. So, you know, Botox is made by Allergan or yep. Cool Sculpting by Allergan. But in the healthcare, you know, on the, and on the skincare piece, you know, we've got a, our chief medical officer is a dermatologist. She and our medical board will go out and scour and just find, you know, the, the best ingredients uh, and, and basically finding skincare that works for people um, and, and delivering on that. Um, so that, that's really how we approach it. That's awesome. Customer loyalty, it's, uh, you know, uh, it was an important term before COVID. Uh, we feel that it's more important now after going through. Um, and what does customer loyalty mean to you and your organization? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I always say to my team that if you gave that as a final exam question, you know, at school, you'd get a lot of different answers uh, to, to, to that. And uh, look, for us, it's about a happy and engaged customer. Uh, someone for us who's having, uh, you know, a connection with the brand beyond any one medical pro or any one person, uh, you know, at the company. Um, and for us, you know, we're, just, you know, we're measuring lots of different KPIs around that. But, but ultimately, it's about, you know, happy and engaged uh, client base. Um, and for me, you know, we're looking, uh, since I came here three years ago, I mean, we're really measuring how much of our growth comes from our existing guests versus new and how much more they engage with the brand. And, and while there's lots of other metrics underneath it, you know, that's what we're really uh, hyper-focused on right now is um, the relative growth that comes from both new and, and, and existing guests. Okay. When you look at uh, personalization, I would think personalization is very important to you. Uh, you offer a, a wide array of products and services and, and in growing that uh, accordingly. How does personalization to kind of drive what you do. So understanding what the next uh, treatment they may have an interest in, if someone's getting Botox, who, does that make them uh, kind of a, a candidate for fat reduction or laser hair removal or whatever it may be? How, how do you look at personalization? Yeah, I think personalization is the most significant thing for us, you know, to, to, you know, to ultimately grow our business. I'd say for us, there's, you know, two, three or four areas. Our business model, we operate it, you mentioned at the outset of the show, we operate as a direct-to-consumer lead gen business. So the front end, we spend a ton of money on getting people filling out lead forms and responding to ads. So that, and we sell free consultations, meaning that, that first interaction. And so there's tremendous level of personalization about what your personal journey is. People are sharing intimate details of their life. They're sharing, you know, you know, things that bother them about themselves. And so we have to do a great job of drawing that out of people, keeping it confidential and making it easy to pick up, you know, when the next conversation takes place. We're also digitizing it in a way. We're spending a lot of time right now on digitizing that process to make it, you know, a lot easier to have those conversations, you know, along the way. You know, in our clinics, you know, our med pros are giving out the treatments. And so at that point of care, creating what we call a wish list, 
and keeping track of it and having conversations about what's next on the journey is, is a big part of what we're doing. And then I'm really looking forward to AI here. I mean, you know, we're really looking at how can you really, you know, take personalization to the proverbial next level. And, 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 and we think there's a lot of opportunity in AI, you know, around all of it for us uh, that can, that can really supercharge, you know, the, the benefits of it. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about AI, machine learning, neural networks, what have you. Uh, technology is very important to, to marketers today. Getting them to, uh, the technology stack to work, the MarTech stack to work. You know, there's 8,500, 8,600 different technologies throughout the stack now and growing. Um, right. Seems like there's a new customer loyalty, customer experience player every week. Um, uh, and we actually do analyst reports on them and help brands kind of sync up with the platform that they need or become the best fit. But it's a big challenge for marketers. How do you guys look at technology to, uh, you know, help you uh, get the most out of personalization or, you know, in, in the engagement strategies that you have? Yeah, look, I think it's one of the biggest challenges is the tech stack, as you say. I mean, we're a Salesforce shop. We run our company off of Salesforce, you know, in terms of our broad operating platform. And so for us, you know, the technologies have to easily fit into that. Um, I'm an 80-20 person, meaning I'd like to uh, get 80% of the gain out of 20% of the, uh, you know, the platforms. And so we have to pick and choose carefully um, and really try to use the ones that are the most popular and the easy to use and, and get us the, you know, the, the, the most benefit. There's just really no way to keep up with it all, I think, right now. So we're, you know, we're, we're focused on the ones that have the most impact. And we're always testing stuff in the background. Um, Good. I think test and learn methodology, especially if, if you're uh, amenable to, uh, you know, failing and failing quickly in certain opportunities, it's, it's the best way for brands to, to uh, kind of work. But I think also I said, we have a great little community where brands get to talk to each other, like Salesforce, or maybe who they may be using for AI. Is it working? Is it not working? Because that can be the biggest challenge, as you know. You go through an RFI, RFB, you see kind of that uh, logo jungle where there's, you know, 15, 20 different brands and you see the same provider as the same brands. Like, how do you discern, you know, it, do they actually do what they say they do? And I think that can be a big challenge for, for marketers, especially as, you know, everything is so rapidly evolving. Yeah. And not needing to have a PhD, you know, as I say, to, to, to be able to operate them. I mean, it really, you know, having it be simple so that, you know, you, know, you can plug and play and get going and, and get the results that you're looking for. Um, but look, at the end of the day, technology is making all of our lives better and as it relates to being marketers. And it's helping us, um, whether it's on our landing pages or in our email or CRM campaigns or the way the phone rings or, you know, really across the board. Um, you know, we run our business to lifetime value and cost to acquire. And, you know, that's a that's you know, we need those tools in order to thrive. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, partnerships. Obviously, you're going to have partnerships. Uh, with uh, Allergan, with Botox, and then the different uh, products that you represent. What do partnerships mean to you, not only potentially with uh, the, the medical community that you work very closely with and the HIPAA compliance there and everything, I'm sure you have to do there, but also maybe from promotional partnerships. Is that something you guys look at? Because uh, partnerships are kind of a, a growing area of interest for our audience and would love to you know, understand how you guys approach partnerships. Yeah, it's a great question, and you know, I, I think partner that those kind of partnerships are, are on the on the on the horizon here for us. I mean, whether there's lots of health and wellness and beauty brands. I mean, our clients way over index just wellness overall. You know, they're two times more likely to use uh, supplements than you know the average person, or go to yoga, or you know, even using accessories or handbags or the way they accessorize their house. I mean, they're just, our clients are just aesthetically minded and wellness minded individuals. So I think 
there's a lot to do there that we haven't, you know, capitalized on yet. And the same thing on the real, as the world opens up here, you know, whether it's like the dry bars of the world or, you know, there's various other non, non-traditional places to try to, you know, create synergy and energy, you know, with, uh, you know, in the physical world out there as well, um, that we're super excited to go explore. Okay, great. We talked about it a little bit earlier, customers changing. How are your customers changing? Uh, you know, you talked about that they want to be healthy, they want to look better. And uh, kind of overall, do you kind of have a, kind of a broad perspective on how they're changing? Or is it, is it feeling better, that Zoom fatigue you mentioned? What are you, what are you seeing there from a macro level? Yeah, I think a couple of big themes. I mean, for sure, I would say in our category, uh, clients getting comfortable and consumers getting comfortable with telehealth has been a big change. You know, we've taken our entire platform to tele, uh, you know, on 10 days notice here, <laughs> you know, a year, a year ago. And, and thank God we are heading in the right direction. But 75% of Americans are comfortable in some kind of tele-environment as it relates to their healthcare or their wellness. And, and so we just need to continue to keep investing to make that experience great and have that feel really um, a personal. I think to your point on the Zoom boom, uh, you know, 70% of people are looking to spend more money on their health and wellness next year than this year. You know, they're willing to explore um, aesthetics and other ways to kind of naturally look good. Uh, there, there's kind of a less of a move towards invasive, you know, the move towards invasive surgeries and the like are you know, way, way down, uh, but natural approaches to looking better, you know, are on the rise. And then I would just say from a consumer behavior perspective, you, you've, uh, the, the ability to be there when they want you to be there right now, especially um, you know, with people being teachers at home and moms and dads and working. So you know, we've gone to nine to nine hours, seven days a week. I mean, we really expanded our hours and did a lot of different things to really meet people where they live. And I, I don't think we're going back from that you know, any, anytime soon. That's awesome. That's great. I think that uh, we continue to hear meeting that the customer in the channel that they want to engage with is is, is very uh, important, as, as you mentioned. What uh, KPIs do you guys look at with regard to your subscription program? Or you mentioned earlier, traditionally, you've been a very uh, acquisition-focused entity, right? So getting people to take surveys so you can get that zero-party data that you can action around. You know, what, what KPIs do you guys look at uh, for your subscription program or for uh, your audience in general from a marketing uh, engagement perspective? Yeah, at the, at the highest level, I mean, from a subscription, I mean, we, we measure our we measure our memberships in like attachment rates, how many how many clients attach at a certain rate. Um, we measure, you had mentioned it earlier, but just what we would call the cross trial or cross sell. If you come in for laser hair, how many people then try Botox or anti-aging? And so we've got kind of a whole customer journey built, uh, and, but we look at those KPIs and, and uh, you know, it helps drive the business. You know, 10,000 feet higher, we really focus on what it costs to get new clients. And so our funnel is incredibly strong. I mean, we'll, we'll spend three or $400 to get a client, but we'll get two or $3,000 out of them, you know, on their first purchase. And so we've got a whole digital team, you know, a team that came out of the credit card industry that's really focused around our cost to acquire, the cost to keep. And then lifetime value, you know, we are, we are putting in strategies as you decide as an executive team just measuring things in a lifetime value perspective. What can we do that gets you coming six months longer, 12 months longer, 24 months longer, you know, doing, buying one more thing during the year. Absolutely. Those basically, and then there's sub tactics, but those are the kinds of things we look at in this, our company to drive value. Well, I think also uh, being 
potentially part of other people's loyalty programs, like from a partnership perspective or from a customer experience perspective. I think that there could be some unique opportunities there, high-end hotels, like high-end member, or even maybe some of the vitamin shops as well, vitamin shop or GNC, some partnership opportunities. Uh, you're finding like-minded customers that have kind of the same uh, emotional connection, the same drivers as well, I think would be very important or could be very important. Yeah, we've got with the national, you know, we've got the largest, you know, point of care network in the, in North America. Those kinds of partnerships with national brands get easier and easier to execute on, you know, when when people can access them, you know, all, all around the United States. Okay, great. Um, I guess uh, last question I have for you, two last questions. You know, what do you think the next big thing for your brand's approach to customer experience, customer loyalty may be? Yeah, I think the ne- next big thing is we're we're hyper-focused on the digital experience. Um, and as I said, whether it's through the sales process, our next set of um, you know, product offerings are gonna be what we call at home, where you'll do a virtual consultation, but we are, gonna, we are getting into the wellness business. And so that whether that's women's health um, and, and, and uh, related items or wellness overall or nutrition, um, uh, medical or prescription grade skincare, so really making that medical where you can do it, you know, do have a consultation, personal consultation online, but also don't have to come into a clinic to get what you want, that it can be delivered, you know, straight to your house. So it's a pretty big idea for us to have end to end either, you know, go into a clinic to get a procedure done or get what you need delivered to your home or work is really from a business model perspective, a, a, the next big idea for us. And I think we'll just kind of connect consumers broadly um, you know, in, in terms of our, our ecosphere. And a quick question, uh, but competitive set, I think your competitive set would be fairly broad, right? As you, especially as you start to look more holistic, your customers, gyms could be a competitive set, right? Uh, plastic surgery could be a competitive set, even maybe some of the kind of extreme activities you have that uh, people are partaking in for health and wellness. You know, how, how do you look at the competitive set? Yeah, I think for, it's a great question. And so we're in a highly fragmented industry. There's 35,000 dermatologists, plastic surgeons, med spas. So we're the largest, you know, with 150 locations, we're far and away the largest, you know, point of care network out there. So I look at it as highly fragmented and it's why we're building a, a health and wellness brand. You know, I, you know, there's, there's, I can, you know, we can all name uh, what, what they are, but as you look at what's going on with Calm or Talkspace or, you know, we can go, you know, Teladoc or various things, you know, we're really creating a brand in, in this aesthetics and wellness space uh, as a one-stop shop for, for all things. And, and, and then having this digital moat of being great on the digital front and the consumer experience front, um, you know, really um, we think is gonna be a, a really big differentiator, uh, you know, from a, from a consumer experience and loyalty perspective. That's awesome. And then the last question I have, you know, what can Loyalty 360 do to help you in your journey around customer loyalty, customer experience? Are there different metrics or KPIs or you know, you know, what are you looking for that can help you and your team? Yeah, look, I think it's a great question. I mean, look, uh, we, we run our company on data, you know, I mean, so big data, little data. And so any kind of data around these, what are great, you know, metrics, <laughs> around CRM or AI or, you know, just in general, just kind of being able to benchmark, you know, ourselves and I'm sure other CEOs would like that as well. It's just knowing whether you're doing a good or bad job, you know, around the data. I think the, you know, the other area for me is really, really the networking with other CEOs and marketing leaders around how to get the most out of the technology stack or ideas around the AI or just, you know, new, new, you know, new technologies coming down the road. 
I think to me would be, you know, really, really helpful. Uh, and I, I enjoy, you know, just hearing from other smart people about how they're, how they're, you know, tackling these challenges. Yeah, absolutely. We have a kind of a, a kind of a C-level SVP and above group, Wyndham and Lego and uh, Porsche and others that are talking about next generation customer experience. They meet as part of their membership. And I think it could be a very interesting group. It's, it's smart people. And it's just interesting to hear how they're looking at things domestically, internationally, challenges. And, and they're pretty frank, uh, which is interesting as well as, as we've grown the membership. Uh, I think having that peer group that can say uh, things may not be going necessarily as well as I would like to, or how do you look at Salesforce or other technologies and what's working, what's not? I think it's, it's a pretty powerful thing just to hear it from other uh, peers, which is good. Yeah, no, we should definitely get involved. Uh, it would be great. So, I mean, um, that, that's how we like to run our businesses is uh, you know, from the wisdom of others as well. So that'd be great. Absolutely. Well, David, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was uh, great learning more about Ideal Image and some things you guys are doing and just the, the uh, intense focus you have on the customer. It's great to hear. And uh, a lot of times we talk to, to brands and they don't necessarily have the passion or, or focus that you have. And I think it comes uh, uh, across pretty powerfully in, in the way you speak of what you guys are doing. So it's great to hear. Great. Thanks for having us. And uh, I appreciate meeting you. We'll uh, get involved. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, tune back in soon.